And that's what we're up to today. And so at the end of Mark chapter 15, we get to the passage where we, where we left off last week. If I can find the passage in my book. In Mark, in Mark uh, 15, Jesus is crucified. And Mark tells us that Mary Magdalene, in verse 47, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of, of Joseph, were there as he, where he was laid. So they saw, they saw the crucifixion. They saw what's going on. Joseph of Arimathea, a guy that the Bible says in verse uh, 43, he was a respected member of the council. He was one of the guys. He was one, part of the Sanhedrin. He was one of the guys that, that voted to have Jesus crucified. But, but Joseph of Arimathea goes to Pilate and asks him for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised. The Bible says there that he was surprised that Jesus was even dead so soon. And it was typical for the Romans to leave the crucified up on the crosses for a period of time. Again, to tell people, this is what happens. If you go against Rome, this is what happens. But Joseph of Arimathea goes up to Pilate and says, hey, can I have him? In fact, the, the Bible says that he, he took courage and went to Pilate. Why would he take courage? Well, it's just like today. You can tell a lot about a person by the friends they keep. And so it took courage for Joseph of Arimathea to go up to Pilate because the Romans thought, of course, Jesus was a revolutionary. And the religious leaders thought Jesus was a blasphemer. And the regular common folks thought Jesus was just, you know, a, a false prophet. Said he was the Messiah, but look what happened. So it took courage for Joseph of Arimathea to go up and say, hey, can I, can I have the body? And Pilate was surprised that he was, he was dead. And he says, sure. So he took him and he buried him in that, in that tomb. And Mary Magdalene and, and the other Mary saw where they laid him. They knew exactly where the tomb was, which leads to the great Easter account. Matthew, or Mark 16. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll the, the stone away from us from the entrance of the tomb? Looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed, and they said to him, Don't, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for, with, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Easter count. End of the story in Mark's gospel. My favorite two words in that Easter account isn't even uh, you're seeking the, the dead, but, but he's alive. That's not my favorite part of that account. Remember, most Bible scholars think that, that Peter is the one behind the Gospel of Mark, that Peter kind of was, was preaching and Mark is just recounting uh, the stories that Peter is telling. And if that's true, my favorite part of the story is in Mark 16, 7, when the, when, when the angel said to him, go tell the disciples and Peter. Those two words, and Peter, that's, that's what I love about this story. Because the last time we saw Peter was back in Mark 14. And in Mark 14, it was the, it was the night of Monday, Thursday, the night that the, the Jesus was arrested, the night of the Last Supper. 
And Jesus had done all those things, washed their feet and instituted communion. And then he said, listen, you're all going to deny me. You're all going to be like cockroaches when the light turns on. You're just going to scatter. And Peter, strong, courageous Peter, right? The rock, Peter the rock. In Mark 14, and says in verse 29, even though they all fit, will fall away, I will not. Jesus, I can't speak for all these other disciples. I don't know what these clowns are going to do, but I'll tell you this. You're not going to catch me. I'm going to be with you forever. You can count on me. And then two verses later, he's even more emphatic. In fact, Mark says that he was emphatic, but he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Peter, if you're, if you're catching on, Peter is saying to Jesus, Jesus says, listen, you're all going to scatter. Peter says, not me. He says, you're all going to be gone. Peter says, I'm going to, if, even if I die with you, Jesus, I will never leave you. What he's saying here is, Jesus, you're wrong. You've been wrong about everything. You've been right about everything else. But this one, this one, this one, you're wrong. I'm going to be with you. You're wrong, Jesus. Now, here's your brief theology lesson. I can be wrong. Carla probably just said amen. I can't hear her. She's wearing her mask. I can be wrong. For sure, I can be wrong. You, you all can be wrong. You can, you, you know, we've all, we've all been wrong. But this is Jesus that Peter's talking to. Jesus, the, the one that Mark begins the gospel saying, this is Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. This is Jesus. He's not wrong. Never, ever. Peter's saying, Jesus, you are wrong. You can count on me. And it wasn't four months later, four weeks later, four days later, four hours later. We can read this. Jesus had been arrested. He was put up through that phony trial. Peter's hanging outside in the courtyard. And in Mark 14, verse 66, and Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest. I wish that passage would have read, one of the biggest, strongest centurions in Israel. One of the meanest guys came up to Peter and said, hey, you're a father. No, it was one of the servant girls. Are you kidding me? When I was, when I was in seminary, I worked at the Kansas City Rescue Mission. I told you we, we had a softball team. The softball team was terrible. We played on Saturday mornings, and, so, and all the guys were from the mission, and so they were all hungover, and they would show up on Saturday mornings to play softball. And so everybody beat us because, you know, all, there was me, my roommate, and another guy from seminary. So the three of us and a bunch of guys from the rescue mission that were usually hungover from the night before. And so we were terrible. We lost to the Lutherans. We lost to the Presbyterians. We lost to the Catholics. We lost to everybody. We had, I think I've told you before, we had, I told the one guy to give us, did us shirts to find a sponsor. And the sponsor he got for us, we had white t-shirts with pink letters that said navel jelly. We were... Naval jelly was a, is like a rust remover or something. So we, we not only played terrible, we looked terrible, and we had naval jelly written on our jersey. And John, he was kind of the, the guy from the mission, captain of the team, really. He said, hey, Rob, we can play the team across the street from the bar. I said, John, they'll kill us. We lose to the Presbyterians. You think we can beat a bar team from across the street? They'll kill us. We're not playing those guys. He goes, no, they have a girls team. I said, that makes it worse. The girls team, if you're a feminist, I apologize. The girls team will kill us too. In fact, we'll go through the rest of our life knowing that the girls team from across the street at the bar beat us and killed us and crushed us. We're not playing the girls team. 
I think I think that's how here here we are, Peter. A servant girl. She had no influence whatsoever. Comes up to him and says, Hey, you're one of them. And the Bible tells us that Peter was very emphatic. I've lost my place. But this is what Peter says. I neither know know him nor understand what you mean. And he went into the gateway and the rooster crowed. Remember, Jesus said the rooster was going to crow. And the servant girl saw him again and began to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. And again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them. You are a Galilean. But he said, but he began to invoke a curse upon himself and to swear, I do not know this man to whom you speak. If, if it would have been today, someone would have had their iPhone and his, and his rant would have gone viral. And everyone would have seen how, how Peter is so strong against it. And the, and the people standing around said, okay, buddy, calm down, all right? You don't know him. You don't know him. You don't have to go crazy on this. You don't know him. That's the last we hear of Peter. He's not around on Golgotha. There's a few women. John was there. John was probably too young for the Romans to worry about. He wasn't around when they took Jesus' body off the grave. He was, he was gone. I think I know how Peter felt. You've let people down. You've said the wrong thing. You've done things that make you full of regret, shame. Here, Peter's so adamant, Jesus, you can count on me. And then when push came to shove, it wasn't even to a, you know, a battalion of soldiers. It was to a servant girl. And that's why I love, that's why I love those angels' words to those ladies at the doom. Go tell his disciples and Peter. If you forget anybody else, don't forget Peter. Peter's the one you got to tell because Peter's the one who most needs Jesus right now. Make sure you tell Peter. And if I'm writing Mark's gospel, man, that's where I would have ended the story. That's kind of a high note. You know, go tell the disciples and Peter that he's going to meet you, not in Jerusalem where all the bad stuff happened. He's going to meet you in Galilee where all the good stuff happened, where he fed thousands and healed hundreds and raised the dead. He's going to meet you in Galilee. Go tell Peter. What a great ending to the book. Oh, but that's not where Mark ends. I don't know. I could have given him lessons on how to write a book. Mark ends. Mark ends with this. To the ladies, the ladies. And they went out and fled from the tomb. Trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. What a dumb ending to the book. Are you kidding me, Mark? Angel says he's alive. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And they were afraid and didn't say anything to anyone. And they went out. The end, period, finished. Now some of you, you've got your journey. So wait a minute, Pastor. There's verses 9 through 20. Now, there are verses 9 through 20, and if you have, like, your little journal, you notice in the journal it says, some of the earliest manuscripts do not include 16, 9 through 20. Now, I don't know who the editor was of, of this journal. They say some of the early... No, the, the real answer is none of the early manuscripts contain verses 9 through 20. 
none of the early manuscripts for 200 years. There were people that would write about, early Christian writers that would write about the Gospel of Mark. They never mentioned 9 through 20 for the first 200, 250 years. So where did, these, where did those last words come from, that last couple of 11, 12 verses come from? Most Bible scholars think it was an editor a couple hundred years after Jesus, after Mark wrote this. Didn't like the ending. Now that's a terrible ending. They went away, they were afraid. And so he spiced it up. And he puts a lot of great stuff in there. 200 years later, we don't know who it is. Some anonymous editor spices up the story and says things like, well, Jesus was mad at the disciples and rebuked them for their unbelief, their hardness of heart. And then, and then he says, and, and then the disciples, did you see, they cast out demons, they'll speak in new tongues. This is the great thing. They'll pick up serpents. We've got serpents in the peak afterwards. Go in there, show your your faithfulness, you want to pick them up. No, we're not in West Virginia. Um, drink poison. And then he ends, he ends, he ends, he ends. So Lord, after he spoke these things, was taken up to heaven, sat at the right hand of the Father, and then later he confirmed their message by all the accompanying signs, the end, great ending. You know, I think sometimes we want to be like that editor. We don't like the way the story's going. And we wish we could write something new. Not a person here. We don't like, we don't like what's going on right now. We don't want this pandemic. We're outside. We're not inside. Although this is kind of fun. We should maybe do this even after the pandemic next summer. But we're outside. You know, no one likes the story that's being written right now. There's so much fear going on. There's so much trouble. People are angry. Election years are always terrible. This time, it seems it's even worse. We don't like the story. We wish we could be like the editor. And if I'm really honest, sometimes I'd say, you know what? I, feel, I kind of feel like, like Mary Magdalene and Mary the son of James and Salome. I, I know that the resurrection has taken place. You're looking for the living, but he, or the dead, he's alive. But that doesn't mean that I'm still not concerned or worried or fearful even or wondering, how does this all work? Remember, I, I like the way Mark ends it. I think it's important the way Mark ends it in verse 8. Because remember, Mark is writing about 20 years after Jesus, after the resurrection. And the people he's writing to, they knew Mary Magdalene and Salome and Mary, the mother of James. He's not writing to people like, you know, you and me, we hear the stories. No, he's writing to people who knew these ladies. And I imagine they had heard their testimony. Of course, it's not written down, but this is how I imagine it would have gone. I imagine Mary Magdalene and Salome and Mary, the mother of James. So, whew. We were at the tomb. We saw an angel. We walked in too. We were wondering, how are we going to move this big rock? And then we got to the tomb and the rock was already moved. And so it was a little scary. We didn't know what to expect. We walked in and what did we find? We didn't find the cold, dead body of Jesus. Instead, there was an angel there. And he told us the wonderful news. 
that, that, that Jesus was alive. And he told us to go tell the disciples and Peter that he is alive. He's going to meet him in Galilee. And I'll tell you guys, I think Mary would have said, we were a little nervous. We heard the good news, but it was... It took us a little bit to kind of let it all sink in. But Mary Magdalene and Salome and Mary the mother of James, they were around. The Bible tells us later that Jesus appeared to several disciples on several occasions. At one time, he appeared to over 500 people. Probably Mary Magdalene, Salome, and Mary the mother of James were a part of that group. And so as they're telling their story, he said, but... But you know what? What we've learned through all that, while we were nervous, we heard the good news, but we were still nervous. What we've learned is we can always trust in Jesus. No matter what all is going on, Jesus is alive and we can trust him. And I think that's the good news for us. The gospel story summed up in two words in that Easter passage, and Peter, don't forget that gospel is one of second chances. No matter where you've been or what you've done, the gospel is for you. And this passage also reminds us that even when we're not sure what, what's ahead, even when there are uncertain days, we are in uncertain days, we can always trust in Jesus. We don't need to allow fear to grip us. Again, Mark is writing to people who, who could look at Mary and Salome and Mary, the mother of James, and say, fear hasn't gripped them. Look at them now. Look at where they're at now. God is with them, and God will be with us. When we rewrite the story of 2020, we'll, tell, we'll be telling this to our grandkids, even our youngest ones will remember the years when we were wearing our masks. And we'll be writing a story of how, how we couldn't do this and we couldn't do that. But this is what they need to hear. But through it all, Jesus was with us.